profit is not cash. Conscious saying, I'm going to launch a Facebook ad today. Everyone can only handle three I feel like we need to stop putting ourselves in restrictions. What do you actually want out of your business? You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Galilla Springer. For your industry, by your industry. It is glorious to be daring, to be caring, and to be women. That's what Maya Angelou wrote talking about Women Who Run With The Wolves, a bestseller book published in 1992 by Dr. Clarissa Pincola Estes. A good friend of mine recently lent it to me, and as I found myself preparing the introduction for today's episode, amongst all the other books that surround my working space, it's the one title that stood out. Tomorrow is International Women's Day, a global day to recognize and celebrate women's and girls' social, economic, cultural, and political achievements, but also a time to raise awareness of the progress made towards achieving gender equality and the work remaining to be done. And there is work to be done. If you look into publicly available stats on the matter, the Fortune 500 list, for example, you can see that while the percentage of women in CEO roles has steadily increased since the year 2000, it has been doing so very slowly. Women are still the minority. On this week's episode, we wanted to celebrate women helping women succeed and grow. And in the spirit of that, it was only natural to extend the invitation to race car driver, CEO, and owner of hair care brand Purvey Products, a woman who literally lives her life at full throttle and whose mantra is do what you love, work with great people, and make a difference in the world. I've always been that person that was, you know, really fierce about doing the right thing and leading by example and being all in. I mean, there's always going to be somebody that's going to get in front of you or push you or challenge you or say that can't be done or this is how we've always done it. My true north and my mantra in life, um, if you think you can, you will. If you think you can't, you won't. I'm confident and fierce about making a brand that's that's so you know emotionally driven with that love mark all over that speaks to what I think is needed in the world today that we live in and making great products and and delivering that message and making somebody feel so good about buying the brand and using the brand. But we're just getting going. Shay Holscher is a driven, dynamic, and passionate leader in the beauty industry, skilled in developing high-performance teams that produce outstanding results. As CEO of Purvey Products, she leads a collective of beauty industry professionals blending the highest-performing clean ingredients, creating salon-quality hair care products that are both natural and good for the planet. But motorsports have also been a huge part of Shay's story ever since she was a child. She grew up in a racing family watching trackside as her father raced in carts. She then got her own racing license and recently has been championing women and bringing new women into motorsports. So on today's episode, we'll be talking about how both her passions have intersected throughout her life and how in many ways they actually are quite similar. Shay, welcome to Forest FM. I've been really looking forward to our conversation today and feel privileged to be sharing this time with you. So thank you for joining me. Thank you. Excited to be here. Well, I have to say, so am I. And I'm really keen to get into your story. You have one seriously impressive resume. I'm hoping we can celebrate some of your wins throughout this conversation. But since we're intentionally airing this conversation just a day ahead of International Women's Day, why don't we kick things off with what does International Women's Day mean to you and how do you celebrate it? Wow. Well, that's a that's like a 
five prong question. <laughs> First and foremost, I'm as everything in my life, I'm I'm really fierce in supporting and champion women. Mm-hmm. I mean, this day has so much meaning on so many different levels. Um, really about c- celebrating the movement and the and the day that we're living in today to celebrate all of the the great things that women have achieved. And I think even more important to me and is looking at the all of the all of the women of all ages that are out there and all the great things that they get to be able to bring to this world. So I like to believe in celebrating kind of the immeasurable power of women mm-hmm. and and you know what we stand for and what we can achieve. And I believe that more than just celebrating the power of women, you take on an active role in empowerment initiatives and supporting charities, both in your personal life and career. Isn't that right? It is correct. Um, you know, I, I I feel so blessed because not many people can say that they can, um, you know, bring kind of bring my life work into my my personal life and my personal passions. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that I'm able to achieve that right now in my life. And the I'm involved in several different um, nonprofits or areas where. Um, you know, seeing is believing and showing the little girls in the world today that you can do anything you want to do. And one of them is the, um, I'm involved in a, a motorsports women networking group. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a sport or a community where it's highly dominated by my men. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everyone loves cars, male or female. And in my opinion, the car knows no gender. And then, you know, being able to kind of connect the dots on a professional level and my passion for owning and driving a company um, is to be able to give back and support um, that part of women empowerment and and helping those who are a little less fortunate. So the nonprofit that my company gives 1% to is called Project Beauty Share. And it's a nonprofit organization that I'm so passionate about and it's near and dear to my heart because it's a it's a nonprofit that helps women in need. And um, if you think about the food bank, it's like, think of the food bank for hygiene and anything cosmetic that's going to help give a female dignity back mm-hmm. in her life if she's going through hard times or homeless or, you know, experiencing abuse or things like that. So um, it's kind of the the two extreme, if you will, in, in the world of empowerment and supporting women. But um, I'm, I'm proud to say that I'm able to do it in both areas of my life. Yeah, which is honestly fantastic because I feel like when it comes to your level of engagement with it, it's not always easy to do it in both the personal and professional spheres of our lives. Like I feel like you tend to have to pick between one or the other, you know. Um, a little earlier in your answer, you mentioned how the motorsport industry is still to this day a male-dominated industry, but you were born into it and you come from a, a race car family. So can you walk me through maybe what it was like to grow up in that kind of environment? So as, as, a, as a little girl, um, first and foremost, my family and, and not just my dad, but my mom always loved and had a passion for cars. Right. And as a, as a young little girl, we always had cool cars. And I was always the cool kid that had a cool dad that had cool cars. And one of the things that um, I grew up with, which probably is what shaped um, part of my passion of who I am today was he uh, raced go-karts. And I was just a little girl. I was like, you know, between five to 13 years old, 
um, at his playground while he was at his playground. And I loved it. I was around carts and racing and um, always knew that I wanted to to race as I got older. It just, I loved it. I love the speed. I love the sound. I love the smell. I love the smell of the tires. And I was just a little kid that was at, you know, the playground with my dad and had a blast. It makes me think of the Formula One race weekend in Montreal. And there's just like this energy that comes with it, you know? Um, And yeah, the sound of the cars, the smell of the tires, they're such distinctive things. So you're a little kid, you're at the playground with your dad. When do you start thinking, I don't just want to be a spectator. I want to race too. So I remember thinking um, probably like at 10 or 11, I, um, I, my plans were that I was going to race and you had to be 13 back then. I'm, I'm a little bit older. And those plans didn't happen because we had made, my dad made a big move. Our family made a big move to Chicago, which was a good part of my childhood. And I grew up as a um, kind of a young teen, teenager into um, high school and moved back to the Northwest, which I live now in Seattle, where I started my career. But that racing thing didn't happen. But I always aspired to um, owning and having a dream car, which was a Porsche. Mm-hmm. So I got my first, I bought my first Porsche back in 2009. And um, experiencing this car and taking it to a kind of an intro level to high performance driving. And one thing led to another, and I just, I was bitten. It was so addictive. It was the most addictive, addictive thing. And I knew, I knew back then in 2011, when I really got going and started driving and really working on my skill set and looking at the best I could be. And um, I knew that my my goal at that time was, I'm going to have a race car and I'm going to race. And that was always in the back of my mind right. from the time that I started driving just, you know, we, we call them street cars. So it's not a true factory race car, but it looks like it's a, it's a 911 and it's what you drive on the street right. and just the enjoyment and the fun factor and the, the pure adrenal addiction of going fast and that lateral and that addiction of the, the lateral G forces in a turn was something that I knew that I was, I was going to race someday. I didn't know when. I didn't know when I'd buy that race car, but that was a dream. And um, always in the back of my mind. And you made it happen. Do you remember how you felt sitting down in the driver's seat of the first car you raced with? Um, it was, we saw this car at a event that Porsche Motorsports does every three to four years. It's basically a place called Rensport Reunion, and they have it at a very, very famous racetrack called Laguna Seca, which is in um, Monterey, California. And I remember getting in the car and I said, oh my God, this this is the car. And even though I was extremely, by this time I had gotten my race license, I I played in the, the, the local series of racing called um, Pro 3 and I drove it. My first race car was a, um, basically an, it's an E30, it's a BMW and it said, I don't know if you know what a 320 is or 318, but this was the this was the car. Right. And um, I remember sitting in this this car that I own now at this event and thinking, oh, I got this. This is this is not a big deal. It looks and feels just like my street car. Yeah, it might sound a little different and doesn't have all the pretty beautiful leather stuff inside. And it's it's gutted. It's a race car. The buttons looked a little different on the front, and there's all these crazy toggles and you know, there's no key and it's a little daunting with a race net in there and you feel really claustrophobic and this these these huge seats that, you know, cover your whole head. And I'm like, I can do this. But I gotta tell you, when I when the when we launched the car and I got the car, I thought, holy crap, what 
the heck have I done? I mean, this was nothing like a streetcar. It was intense. It was daunting. It was violent. The sound of the car, the way it shifts, everything about it was just like on steroids times a million. Wow. Wow. And I feel like you can, like the way that you described it, I feel like a lot of people, you know, when they get into business, because we're going to get into that, you know, owning a business, the words daunting and scary can come up a lot. So I wanted to kind of make that that parallel there um, because the motorsport industry isn't the only industry that you're passionate about. You're the CEO and owner of Privé Products, a woman-led company with the mantra to do good for the world and feel good about the change you create. So when was the first time you thought about um, owning a business of your own? Has the entrepreneurial instinct always been in you somewhere? You know, um, that's such a great question. I would say the entrepreneurial spirit has always been in me. I've always been that person that leaned in, that was, um, you know, really fierce about um, doing the right thing and leading by example and being all in. I never, having, having had and held a lot of high level executive positions in the beauty industry and having worked for several of the big multinational companies, mm-hmm. um, I never really thought of having my own company until um, my last opportunities w- was with a basically a, a turnaround brand. And it was a private equity group that found me outside of New York City and said, um, hey, we want you to come on board and, and basically reinvent, relaunch, um, turn this brand into a viable brand. And I thought, I can do this. I've done, I've held all these positions. I understand supply chain. I understand leadership. I understand, um, you know, profit margins. I understand all the different parts and pieces of a business having done that for large companies. Yeah. Um, but what happened was I, I was bitten. I, I had grand success and it was so inspiring to take something that needed to be reinvented and repositioned and retooled and relaunched on every single level from leadership to team, to the way the product looked, to the story behind it, the marketing. I loved it and I was addicted. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It reminds me a lot of that, that lateral addiction you get as a race car driver and the way that feels and the way the car sticks and the way that your body feels when you're going through a turn at 140 miles an hour, which is what happens when you've got a car that's got huge downforce and you're driving (laughs) on at the limit. And you know what? They're very similar. I mean, because it's very invigorating. It's very right. rewarding. It's very intense. You're right. There's there's good and bad days. And the highs are so high owning the business <laughs> and the lows are so low. Yeah. And just, you know, taking you through the, the details of not really understanding what that is until you're in it and having that kind of responsibility for other people too. Mm-hmm. And it just it's a thrill. It's it's so rewarding. It's it's worth every high and low that there is. And do you feel like you can do you feel or maybe that you can or you have learned anything from the beauty industry that you've brought back into your racing? And on the flip side, have you taken anything from the racing and brought that back into business? You know what? They're both very similar. Um, and I think this is my true north and my mantra in life. Um if you think you can, you will. If you think you can't, you won't. Never give up. Um, don't let anyone tell you you can't do something or you can't that can't be done. And the two go hand in hand because there's so many 
naysayers that that don't believe or challenge you or there's a roadblock or you know driving a race car and racing is is so mental it is 95% mental yes there's a lot of skill set but if if you're really honing your skill and wanting to be the best that you can be and the same goes in business yeah i mean there's always going to be somebody that's going to get in front of you or push you or challenge you or say that can't be done or this is how we've always done it. Um, the two are very similar. And and the other thing is, again, like a lot of things in life, it's not like a, a sport where you're you're doing it by yourself. Running a company, you you can have as much success as successful as your team is. So I'm a, a great believer in people and team and people first and no different than the team that it takes my crew to to run my car and help me be safe and communicate and all the different parts and pieces they're very similar i like that you mentioned that because it's true unless you know a little bit about the behind the scenes of the motorsport or the racing world um i feel like the perception is that the driver does the most but in reality it is very much so a team effort. And I think shows like Netflix Formula One Drive to Survive, for instance, shows just how much the crew plays a part in whether the driver's successful in the race. Um, I want to bring it back to the highs and lows of being in business, though. What do you find is the most challenging? And then what's the most rewarding part of running a business? What's the most challenging? You know, the most challenging things in business are usually the most kind of nitpicky little things that that always can be resolved. But I think that challenge then turns into for mm-hmm. me an opportunity. It makes me it makes me want to come up with a, a a solution or a plan and not let the challenge like n- like nip away at you, I think. Um the the biggest reward is and it's just right. it's it's so rewarding is when I hear somebody say Oh my gosh, Shay, I have never used products like Purvey. I can't believe how my hair feels. I can't believe how shiny it feels. I've never had a, a shampoo that feels that good and that clean and smells so good. I mean, those are the things that we strive for. And it's the most kind of rudimental reward that, wow, my products, my products work and they're amazing and people love them. And it's and it's a combination of um, you know, mm-hmm. the, the physical enjoyment of the product. But I think um, I'm a really big fan of, you know, a, a marketing concept where it's not about what's in the bottle, but it's when the bottle's empty, the emotion remains. And that's what attracts us. And that's what connects us with a brand. And I know that that is happening with Purvey. No different than how I feel about Porsche, which is a brand. It's a car brand. It's a car manufacturer. There's something that gets under my skin and I feel passionate yep. about that brand. And I see that same passion happening with Purvey. And it's just, it's the biggest reward. Couldn't be any better than that. I love that. I love that. It reminds me actually of a, a branding book that I read a couple of years ago um, that was saying, you know, like a brand isn't a logo, isn't this, isn't that. Yes. A brand is how like a collective of people agree about how they feel, you know? There's there's a there's a concept and there was a book called Love Mark and I really believe that I am creating a love mark. We are creating a love mark at Purvey with our brand, and part of that love mark is 
which is what really fuels me every day to get out of bed is, you know, giving back 1% to an incredible nonprofit for women in need Mm -hmm. and how that, you know, we're able to turn our blessings into something positive that makes this world a better place. And I believe as a business owner, it is my responsibility to give back socially because that's what makes this world a better place. And we're all better because of it. Yeah, you're dead right. And that actually brings us back nicely to what we started the episode with, talking about International Women's Day, what it means to you, how you celebrate it, and why it's important. Have you ever faced any barriers in your career due to being a woman, or have you ever been in a situation where you were made to think that women and power or influence were two incompatible concepts? Um, Gosh, where do I start with that? That's like a loaded question. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, how do, where do I start? Well, Here's here's my mindset. So to answer your question, Zoe, you're absolutely correct that um, being a female has definitely gotten in the way of being promoted a couple times in my career. When I look back and look at um, the industry, and what's ironic about that is, is I am working in a predominantly female, if you will, dominant industry. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about that is, and of course, those are the more the entry level positions, but the but the people that hold the higher level executive leadership roles are not women. And I can share with you in 37 years, um, you can count the females in the roles that I've had on probably one and a half hands. And that's no that's that's no exaggeration. And. I think operating in a male-dominated business, you know, has always been the norm of my entire career, except for the very beginning when I was selling door-to-door salon products out of college. But, you know, like all women, um, I've had to navigate um, around men who may have been super difficult in various ways. And I've always taken the attitude like, you know what, I can't control how others respond or behave. So, my mantra has always been a focus on what I need to do, uphold my personal strong values and standards and lean into my strengths and my experiences. And you know what? It's never failed me wrong. And then I get the job done. Mm-hmm. That being said, I can count twice working for two very large um, multinational companies. And again, this was probably 15, 20 years ago. I I was not chosen for the basically um, senior level based on the fact that my male part was, and I was the only female on the team. And I've just been accustomed to always being the only female. So, so being involved in the motorsports industry for me, hasn't been a big deal because I've been accustomed to always working with men and that's just what I've done. And I love the, 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 the motorsports industry because the car knows no gender. And I can tell you, this is so rewarding is um, my husband and I both drive the car and I'm the one racing it right now, but we have exactly the same helmets. We have the same Porsche race suit. We have the same gloves. And so that when I'm physically in the car, nobody can see if it's me or him. And of course, at the track, if it's a test day, somebody will come up to him and say, oh man, you're really fast today. And, and he'll say, uh, that wasn't me. That That's Shay out today. <laughs> Because they have a whole, they have a whole monitor of our lap times, and our our name is Curtin Shea on the monitor because it's who owns the car and who drives the car. I I don't know anything different, and I don't I don't look at it as being male or female. But yes, to answer your question, absolutely, 
um, being a female has gotten in my way of, say, advancement in my career at some point at time, depending on the company I was with. Yeah. So you mentioned that like that was like 15, 20 years ago. Like, do you feel like you've seen progress on gender equality in, in life and work? Yes. I, I, I love celebrating this day because I feel so happy for young women, little girls that are coming into this great world today. And I always say, wow, if I would have had um, a strong mentor like myself and have had all these different levels of responsibility and have seen so much, wouldn't that be incredible? And mm-hmm. um, that just didn't exist. You know, back, I started in the mid 80s, I'm out of college. And to answer your question, the progress has been tremendous, absolutely tremendous. Well, good. That's a relief. Um, now, in terms of mentors, because you just alluded to that, who inspires you as a business owner? Who's had a significant impact on your professional career? And when you think of the woman in your life, who do you admire the most? Well, through um, through my my career, I've always had a couple of different people in the industry and outside the industry that I've kind of looked to and felt like always knew that that was really important as I grew and stretched out of my comfort zone is to have kind of the, the right people in my court, if you will. So always had a couple people. And, and unfortunately, sadly, when I think about um, my mentors, sadly, none of them are women. They're always men in the industry, in the industry. So so say in the industry, say the beauty industry, which has been my career, have been men. But I look to on the other hand, there are females that are my mentors outside of the industry that I that I really am inspired by that have done so many great things in the in the world. I mean, I look at even somebody like Oprah Winfrey. I mean, I think she's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I have a couple uh, race drivers that I really look to that are very inspirational and that stand out head and shoulders in the industry, in the motorsports industry, in the racing community. So. Um, it's interesting. I have mentors that that have been that I've been involved with that one that has owned very, very successful businesses, not specific to the beauty industry, but somebody I would always go to. And then um, there's been a couple of people in the industry who are are have had grand success in our industry are men. And then it, it seems interesting that in the in my on the personal side with racing have been my female compatriots. It is interesting. I wouldn't have guessed that. That's for sure. Um, can you tell mm-hmm. me about maybe the proudest moment in your career? Like at the beginning of our conversation, I was saying how I hoped mm-hmm. we could celebrate some of your wins. And I want to follow through on that. I, I think it's really important we do. So I think my my proudest moment of my career um, is it's it's combination, which, which is even more meaningful. It's, it's a it's the work of my my life. So career and personal, I was invited, um, and again, to give you a little bit of um, context to this this proud moment, um, I believe that that life is, you know, Forrest Gump always said, life is like a you know box of chocolates, and you never really know what chocolate you're going to get when you open up the box and grab a chocolate. And I think that there's so many things in life that are are meant to be, and how things you know, there's a plan that we may not know what that plan is, but I believe, I believe that there's a plan. Right. Um, and the plan is, which is what speaks to the, this, the answer to this question you just asked me at my proudest moment is when I bought that race car, um, just taking possession of it and sharing the excitement and the joy and what it was, um, at the time 
uh, the project development person at Project Beauty Share, which I work with at Purvey, um, said, hey, Shay, would you be willing, and oh, by the way, I name all of my cars, and, nice. and this car's name is Buffy, and she stands for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so just, her name is I Buffy, the race car. <laughs> um, her, Sharon said to me, hey, Shay, would you be willing um, to participate in our annual fundraiser to help us raise money um, called Evening on Blanc, which is one of, which is their 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 flagship event they hold every single year that raises money for the nonprofit um, for women in need. And I said, and she said, would you be willing to give away an experience in the race car? And and obviously you driving it. So we bought it. I bought a second seat from Porsche to put in the car for this exact. Uh, scenario in the race car because I don't know if you know this, you probably remember this. Most race cars do not have two seats. Yeah, it's there's a there's and there's all the the stuff that sits in the well and the, and the passenger, which all the, all the stuff that you need to run the race car. So we put put the the seat in, and um, this was probably one of the the best days of my life, which happened to be um, connected to my personal life and to purvey. I raised at that fundraiser that day in 2000, um, 2019, um, $30,000. Wow. And, um, it was, it was again, probably one of my best days of my life. Never felt how good it would feel to be able to, to make a difference, to give back. And the event itself only, only raised 130,000. And to think my, my little gift of giving back to somebody to come and experience, which most people will never have the opportunity to do in their life, is to ride in a race car. OMG, amazing. And to do something you love and combine it to such a great cause, like I can only imagine it makes that memory so much more precious. It's just the capstone. That's what it feels like. It feels like the capstone in my life. It's like I didn't know that I was going to, I mean, I always dreamt, again, keeping my dream alive of the race car. Oh, and then... I own a company, I can put my company's name on the race car. Oh, and then I'll put the nonprofit organization on my race car. And you can imagine the conversation that starts at the track with my car based on what's on it. It's just, it's so rewarding. There's there's nothing like it. Yeah, well, you're talking about dreams, which is the perfect segue to my last question. Um, One of your mantras is, if you think you can, you will. If you think you can't, you won't. You've even brought that up earlier, actually. Um, is there any big dream you hold to heart still on your bucket list of things to accomplish? You know, well, there's a couple of things. One, um, I have, I'm just barely get started with Purvey. Mm-hmm. And as I have shared with a couple of our partners, um, distributor partners in the very beginning, when I took, took on this role, I said, um, I can confidently and proudly say it, I, I've not failed. I've not failed in a, in a venture like this. And I'm confident and fierce about making a brand that's that's so um, you know emotionally driven with that love mark all over that speaks to what I think is needed in the world today that we live in and making great products and, and delivering that message and making somebody feel so good about buying the brand and using the brand. But but that really is, we're just getting going. I mean, you know, obviously the pandemic the last couple of years was a bit of a, a bump and it was a bit of a, a, a little bit of a roadblock to slow me down. But, but 
get ready. I'm, we're going places. So I think that is really um, my my mission, my life mission right now. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that um, one of my absolute favorite, and I know you're a Formula One fan, but you probably know who Art and Senna is, who died way too early and yes. was one of the, the most iconic Formula One drivers to this day. Um, I will stop when the learning curve is done. And I feel like right now in my personal life with my march, as far as my curve to racing, um, I'm having the time of my life and I'm having fantastic success and I'm doing a great job. And I I also feel that it's synergistic right now in my professional life with Purvey because the Mm -hmm. two are, are so in tandem and we're just getting going. I mean, I just started racing this race car last um, October and, you know, obviously waited a couple of years to get comfy in it and feel like, oh, like, you know, like putting on my, my gloves, like my street cars, I can throw it around. I'm confident. I'm comfortable to get uncomfortable. And I feel the same way about Purvey. And I know we're just getting going. It's super exciting. Comfortable getting uncomfortable. I love that. I think that many of us have actually struggled with that in the past couple of years. But you're so right, especially if you're going to be running a business, you just have to adopt that mindset at some point. Shay, this has been so inspiring. And I can't thank you enough for your time, your candid sharing with myself, with the Force community. If you're ever driving a race that's being streamed in the future, please send us the link. We'll be there rooting for you. And again, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed our chat. Thank you. It was such a pleasure and an honor to be on this. Great chatting with you. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I hope you have a wonderful racing season, and I can't wait to see what's in the pipeline for Purvey. Thank you. Today, tomorrow, but also every other day of the year, join us in celebrating women. Use your own platforms to speak up for gender equality and celebrate the contribution of women and girls who are leading the charge. Thanks for listening to Forest FM. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. As always, you can head over to forest.com forward slash FM to catch all the latest from the show, as well as check out the links and resources mentioned throughout this episode. And if you've got any feedback, be sure to let us know. Send us an email at forestfm at forest.com. Brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Forest FM episodes air weekly, sharing inspiring stories from the salon floor and amplifying community voices all over the globe. In your salon, we're at the heart of it. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments.